Welcome to the Teach the Geek podcast, where engineer and author Neil Thompson talks with STEM professionals about public speaking, a struggle for many of us. Whether you're a novice public speaker or a proficient one, you can always pick up tips on how to improve. Here's your host, Neil Thompson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Teach the Geek interviews. My name is Neil Thompson. I'm the founder of Teach the Geek. It's an online platform for science and engineering professionals. The first offering of the platform is a public speaking course called Teach the Geek to Speak. To learn more about it, you can go to teachthegeek.com. Again, that's teachthegeek.com. Today, my guest is Luis Martinez. He's a veteran. He's a former basketball player. He's an organizational leadership expert, and he's also a founder. He's deeply entrenched in the entrepreneurship community here in San Diego. He had actually heads quite a number of things, the diversity for Startup San Diego. He's the, the chapter head for Startup Grind. And also he's just started this new initiative called Read the Plug, which is trying to build up a, an ecosystem of black and Latino founders or I mean, Pan-African and Latinx founders. Maybe that's more politically correct. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to find out more about his, his initiatives how he broke into tech, you know, the, the, the tech ecosystem, you know, coming from you know his his life as a veteran and a basketball player, and just and also how public speaking kind of fo- factors into all these all these different aspects of, of of what he's doing. So thanks for being on the on the channel, Luis. No problem, man. Uh, anything uh, for you, man. Um, um, thank you for being such a big supporter on what I'm trying to do. So I, I appreciate that very much. Oh, no problem. You, you're doing great things, and I'm just, I'm just glad to be a part of it. So, you know, I mentioned that you, you were a veteran, you were a, a basketball player, but now you're in this tech, you know, ecosystem here in San Diego. Where did that transition, I mean, how did that transition even happen? Say that again, I'm sorry? How did that transition happen from you going from being a, a, a basketball player and a, a veteran to now, you know, being entrenched in this San Diego tech community? Oh, that's a definitely fully loaded question. Um, so let's let's start with the, the veteran aspect first. So um, I got out. Um, so I, I, I came to San Diego in 2008. And so um, from 2008 to 2012, um, I was in uh, the United States Navy. So being stationed in very different places, um, um, Brunswick, Maine, um, you know, Chicago, Mississippi, I ended up in San Diego. And so um, decided I did not want to go back to Brooklyn, where I'm originally from, uh, where I grew up at, and um, said, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. So I did that, um, finished my bachelor's, uh, finished my my master's. And in between that time, you know, I was um, playing basketball. And so um, after I received my um, graduate degree, I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life because um, at the time I was um, unemployed. I was just trying to find my way um, through this world, basically, and was going to different events just trying to figure it out, basically. And I kind of stumbled upon the startup space here locally in San Diego, um, going to Startup Week, um, I want to say three, four years ago, I want to say. I want to say four. Um, and, um, yeah, and it's just been an interesting ride ever since. Um, <laughs> um, is there anything specifically, like, how it actually started? Um, yeah, I can get yeah, into for that. sure, for sure. Okay. So, um, so I, 
so you're familiar with um, how Startup Week, traditionally how um, the program goes. So usually at the end of the Startup Week, they have what they call a startup fair. So you have all the startups, you know, they have booths and stuff. And so um, I actually was there and standing there just kind of grasping everything, what I've learned throughout the week. And um, the the founder of um, Startup Week kind of rolled up on me. At the time, I didn't know it was him. But um, he rolled up on me and was just like, hey, how are you enjoying uh, Startup Week? And so I was like, yeah, this is great. You know, everything is, you know, as expected. And at the time, this is before they decided to have everything in one place. Um, I personally kind of enjoyed going to different places and walking throughout downtown. But that's just the New York in me, I guess, um, visiting different places and walking, which mm, is really never an issue for me. But um, I was like, it's great. I got to go to great sessions, meet new people. Um, But then I said, um, yeah, but they ain't no black people. What up with that? And <laughs> I had said it just like that. Um, and, <laughs> and, like, I literally, the way I'm telling you is the way exactly how I, I told him. Yeah, I'm sure that was received really well. <laughs> yeah, he kind of looked at me kind of funny. Like, what are you trying to say, man? <laughs> yeah, he kind of looked at me like he really just said that to me. Like, wow, okay. Um and um, he just didn't really know how to respond, so it took yeah, I'm him. Sure he didn't. <laughs> nah, he didn't. He um, uh, he took a long pause. I'm not gonna lie to you. you know, he took a long pause. Everyone's welcome here, you know. Uh, <laughs> we're all we, we 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 welcome everybody, but uh, you know, they just they, they don't come. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty much. So um, yeah. So he um took a long pause, and then he was like, "Yeah, you know, we want to get into it, into that. You know, we want to." have a diverse group of people that are involved in the organization, but, you know, we don't know how to go about doing that. So um, I kind of, you know, took that as mental note. Okay, cool. So right after that, I had seen um, a, a friend of, of mine um, who is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but that's another story. So, yeah. so. She was like, yeah, you know, you should come to the meetings. And, you know, she was involved with Startup San Diego already. And she was like, yeah, you should come to the meetings to d- decide, you know, what you want to do and, you know, go from there. So I decided, you know what, um, maybe I can help in that department. But the only way that I'm going to help with that is if I know what's going on throughout um, the ecosystem. It's something that I was foreign to. I didn't know anything about nothing about startup culture, the language, um, you know, see, I didn't know nothing. So I was like, well, let me just volunteer and see how I like it first before I, you know, do anything. And so for almost a year and a half, almost two years, I just went to events, networking, volunteered, um, and was just, you know, figuring out who was part of the ecosystem. So, um, which is a is an ode to, you know, everyone or a tip for everyone that when you're going into something new, like you should definitely do your research and figure out who is, um, who is who and what is what, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think that's very important. And so 
I did my work for a year and a half before I decided to do anything. And so after that, um, I think for after two years, startup was coming around. And I said, you know what? Um, I think there's a real need for um, diversity and inclusion in this space. Um, and at this time, actually, I'm still learning. And, um, you know, I brought it up at a, at a meeting because they were trying to go in a different direction for that year's startup week, which was last year. Not, not this one that just passed, but this is 2018 okay. uh, startup week. Yep. So this was, so let me kind of um, put some context behind it. So the meetings were happening uh, late 2017. So this was like a October, November, December kind of time frame. And so, um, yeah, and so I proposed it. And um, you know, after a while, they thought it was a great idea. And they were like, you know what? Since you're so passionate about it and you want to see it through, then you, know, you kind of um, had it. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Um, personally speaking, I don't think they expected the turnout of what happened eventually. I think they just kind of thought, well, what, what does this guy know? Like, he doesn't, you know, know anybody or whatever. But um, this would prepared me for the year and a half, two years of me networking and just meeting people. You know what I mean? And it, it came in handy because I developed relationships with people. So now I can say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm heading this startup week thing. Uh, I definitely... Um, would like you to come showcase your company and what you're doing and things of that nature. So um, I mean, that's essentially how I got involved. And then Startup Week was a success. And as far as like the, the D&I portion of it, and, you know, I got some great reviews from, you know, the people up top, you know, like, hey, like, uh, you definitely had a quality of speakers and, you know, um, we were impressed and blah, blah, blah. And um, it just kind of snowballed from there. So Nice. You know, I didn't even know what DNI meant until earlier this year. I'd never heard that term before in my life. Oh, really? Yeah, never. And so, you know, it's, it's from going to events like the, you know, the diversity track from, from Startup Week and then, you know, other events that I kind of understood, you know, what, what these terms even mean. And you know diversity and inclusion. I mean, what is that? And it seems like no matter where I go, the the, the definition tends to be a little different. But uh, it, it it was really interesting, you know, getting you know learning learning more about it, you know, through through the track that you set up through uh, at Startup Week last year. Well, actually, um, that term um, is used in um, HR as well. So um, I have a background in HR and organizational development. So. Um, that's where I first learned the term from. And so, you know, they use it in regular human resources, lingo and, um, you know, um, what I was about to say, like paperwork and things of that nature, because everything is abbreviated. So, and then that comes from the military. So uh, being in the military, in the Navy, everything has an abbreviation on it. So um, you learn real quick. <laughs> okay. And everything is, they don't, have the long name for things they always shorten names so right so I, I also mentioned in the in the introduction that you're also in, in addition to startup san diego you're also involved with startup grind and and read the plug so with those two organizations what's your involvement with them and 
what do you hope your involvement will produce from being a part of those organizations? So um, funny story about um, this whole startup grant thing. So actually how I got into that, um, I was having a conversation with a friend on the phone and um, he was just like, you know, hey, what happened to startup grant? And um, I'm like, I don't know. Like, let's let's find out. And so um, contacted some folks in the startup space about startup grind. Um, actually found out who um, was the director at the time um, and contacted her, had a conversation with her. Um, at the time, she had recently had just got married and recently just had a baby and, you know, was going through some uh, transitions in life. And so um, she said that she couldn't bear the responsibility of being a director, that if she was going to be the director, she was going to, she wants to do it a certain way. And so she wasn't able to do that um, kind of juggling uh, job and you know, career and, and home life. So um, she definitely was like, hey, if you want it, hey, you can have it. Um, only thing is you would have to go through um, the interviewing process to um, become the director and all that good stuff. And so, um, you know, we, we did the, me and my friend, we did the, um, the interview process. We got introduced to um, the person I was in charge of the Americas for Startup Brian. And we went through the interviewing process. We went through two interviews. And then um, we both, you know, got accepted. You know, he was the, the director. I was the co-director. And, um, you know, that with, with Startup Grind in particular, like what I'm trying to do is trying to bring a different facet to um, Startup Grind. Um, I, I think in the previous, I guess, regimes, is what you would call it, um, the folks really didn't hone in on people that were um, doing great things, but not as well known. And so that was that was my goal for this go around for Startup Ryan is to get people that are doing great things, but no one really knows about. And so um, my thing is kind of having new gems, you know, available and like, oh, I didn't know this person existed. I didn't know um, this was here. I didn't know we had this in San Diego. And so um, that was kind of my, um, my way of doing Startup Right. So, um, you know, recently um, my, the director had stepped down and so I became the director and, um, you know, moving forward with that in a different direction. So um, that's what Startup Right. Um, did you want me to talk about We The Plug also? Yeah, I mean, I asked about both. Oh, oh excuse me. <laughs> you gotta listen, so, man. No, 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 no. I listen to it. It's, everything is a long-winded story. So I mean, after, I mean, you, after uh, you say that, it's like, you want me to talk about we the plug? What am I gonna say? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just didn't want to be, you know, talking, you know, to the yeah, side of my neck. You after all, that is true. That is true. That is true. So, um, but with we the plug, um, that actually started as a local effort to build the ecosystem um, for Black and Latino founders. So um, I actually, you know, had a meeting um, in late January, uh, you know, trying to figure out how are we going to um, build out this ecosystem. And to be completely honest, like, it was a bitch fest. Like, that's basically what it was. It was, you know, us sitting down complaining about why the ecosystem is not the way it is, the issues with it. Um, and then at the end of it, we were like, well, how are we going to solve this? 
You know, like, this is a huge problem. How are we going to solve this problem? And so even I, from that first meeting, took away, like, damn, like, how am I really going to solve this? Like, you know, I don't have the answers. Um, so two weeks after that, um, I had went to um, the Bay Area um, for the Startup Grand Global Conference. And so um, just decided to have a meetup off the whim and um, just try to get that information from other founders. So it was actually customer discovery. So if anyone knows anything about um, the Lean Canvas model, um, the most important part of the Lean Canvas model besides um, problems and solutions and customer acquisition is customer discovery. That's the most important part because you discover that you do have something. You can't, well, let me rephrase that. You don't know if you have something without customer discovery. That's important. So um, it was also a customer discovery experiment. So um, did that. Um, I expected about five to seven people to show up. Um, that's not what happened. Uh, I did it and like 85 people showed up. Um, so it was a very um, a forward kind of environment where I had people from all the way out Oakland, like just finding out about that meetup and driving all the way down uh, to Redwood City where we had the meetup. So if anyone knows how the Bay Area is, like Oakland to where we're at in Silicon Valley was uh, a long way. It was like an hour and a half and considering the Bay Area traffic was crazy. So, um, you know, I was kind of overwhelmed and was like, wow, like people are really excited about um, what we're talking about. So um, the discussions during that meeting was um, uh, access to capital, um, the issues between the funders and founders. Um, you know, a lot of times you have founders who have products or services that, that benefit, you know, our community, you know, the black and brown community. And, you know, you have a lot of um, VCs or angels that don't understand the value in their products or services. So they just like, well, it doesn't, I don't see the value in it. You know, um, it was one young lady who had um, uh, a health tech startup, um, but it was more for um, hair. There was like, um, she had like a product for course hair and then she kind of infused some tech in it. I don't remember the exact product, but um, it was her. And then there was another young lady who had uh, an app where um, uh, beauticians can, um, you know, I guess it's like a, a appointment system uh, for um, their, their, um, their services. Okay. So um, something along those lines, but anyway, um, you know, they didn't see the value. And it's like, that's crazy to me because if they looked up the information, they know that, you know, you know, hair, especially for, for black women is a billion dollar business. Billion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with a B, exactly. So um, it was a very interesting conversation to say the least. We also talked about, um, you know, the, the old generation and the new generation of black and brown folks. And we end up actually talking about, um, developing our own fund. And we also talked about how um, the founders, the only way that we're going to um, get the cycle for more folks is if, you know, we become, you know, the funders ourselves. So if we have a fund, 
now we have a stake in the in the game and we can you know put others on and fund other people who look like us um and just go from there so um it was a very productive conversation i did not want to just have that conversation and just leave it alone and so um in the middle of the meeting um i went to the to, to the cashier was like do you have a blank piece of paper and a pen and um I got the the blank piece of paper and a pen. I'm trying to look for the actual um, the paper where I had all the emails. It's, it's here somewhere in this mess. But um, so I got the emails and um, created a Slack channel. And so um, you know it was a very euphoric event. Um, that meetup happened like on a Tuesday because I was there the whole week. After that Tuesday, everything kind of changed. You saw all the black people kind of like get together, you know, they wanted to have lunch with each other. They wanted to know more about each other's companies. And um, there, there wasn't only founders there. So there was also venture capitalists and angel investors at that meeting as well. And so um, not to mention folks from all over um, the United States. You know, I have folks in there from London. I have folks in there. I had a lot of folks from Africa in there and so um because of that it went from a local effort to now a global effort (laughs) so it just happened just like that and um you know when i when i shared it on linkedin um, i got some um interesting reviews on uh, about that and um you know people were very interested in knowing what I was trying to do. And so um, I just kind of made it official and just said, hey, um, we're going to call it We The Plug and we're going to build out our um, programming as we go along. And so ever since I did that, um, I've gotten contact from people um, in Europe, um, more specifically London, you know, they definitely want us to come out there and do something. Um, folks in Africa, um, which has been surprising to me. And, you know, every day there's someone, you know, coming forward and, and wanting to see what we're about. So um, we're, 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 we're progressing. So, um, and then just, you know, we end up calling it We The Plug. And so that's what uh, we're at. So. You know, I really like the idea of the founders eventually becoming the funders. I was recently just having a conversation with this lady who also has a, a, a startup that has to do with, with hair. And she was saying the exact same thing that you were saying, that you go to the more traditional VCs because they don't have the type of hair that black women have. They, they can't really relate. And so they're not going to invest. But if you have a fund that's made up of black women, they're going to know the struggles that black women go through with their hair. And so it's going to be a whole lot less convincing or persuading them that this, uh, that her startup would be, would be worthwhile. So, I mean, if you're able, ever able to get that fund, you know, started, I think there's going to be a, a, a really, it's going to be a, it's going to be a worthwhile fund. It's definitely going to be people that are going to be hitting you up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I definitely, um, if we do start that, um, we're gonna have everything in house. Um, you know, eventually our long term uh, goals is to have an uh, incubator of sorts, so we can have people understanding the fundamental knowledge of how this works, 
And then after that, we can graduate to an accelerator where now that's when the fund comes into play. And now, you know, we're giving away money or we're investing, not giving away money. I gotta stop saying that. Um, investing money um, in startups. And so that's the, the ultimate long-term goal um, for right now. Um, you know, we want to draw a programming that includes um, incubators and also workforce development. So um, me and my, um, my, my CEO, we actually talked about the workforce development portion because we're in a unique um, position where you have a lot of Black and Latino founders that have to go back and forth between, you know, damn, things are not working out right now. I may have to go get a job. So we want to have a workforce development um, department so folks can go in between without necessarily being judged. So do you, do you follow what I'm saying? I, I understand completely. I mean, from what I understand in the, in the entrepreneurship space, their first round of funding comes from friends and family. And if you're from a, a, if you're from a family that doesn't have, doesn't have it like that to be giving you, be able to give you money, you know that you're going to have to basically bootstrap and fund yourself. And when that money runs out, there's no, you know, mom and dad to, to, to go to or grandparents to go to, you know, to ask for a loan to, to get money. I mean, chances are those people are, are struggling themselves to get, to get through, get through the week or the month or whatever. So you're, you very well might have to get a job, but if, if, that, if that's the case, then if you have some kind of, of a programming for that, I think that would be really beneficial to people. And it just, it also, it would help them with, you know, you know bridging, that, bridging that gap, I guess, so they don't give up on their dream of, of, of their, you know, their entrepreneurial, venture, entrepreneurial venture. Well, this, this goes into a, another conversation, um, which is um, personal brand versus the brand of your company. And so I'm in the belief of you have to build your personal brand first and then build your company. So people have to know who you are as a person. So even though people may know me as, oh, that's the guy. Um, from me the plug, the first thing they're going to say is Luis. You're not going to say we the plug. Does that make sense? Right. So, and this plays a role into um, the long-term game, meaning like, okay, things may not be going as, as well. So I need to say, hey, let me build up my brand so, you know, I can make sure that, you know, everything is good on my end. Because if everything is good with me, then I can feed me the pup. So I, I'm just learning about this, you know? So, you know, um, the struggle is real. And as you know, the struggle is too real. And, um, and that's another pain point that I want to solve. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everyone is going to be in between, you know, jobs or careers or whatever. And so that's the problem that we really need to solve, that, you know, it's okay to fail or be on the, the, the low end or the, or the, I don't even know what you call it, but, you know, everyone goes through hard times. And so we want you, we want to be able to, you to say, all right, right now things are not um, going as planned. So let's reevaluate what you're doing. But at the same time, you got to put money in your pocket because shit is adding up. You know what I'm saying? And so, and that goes for me and that goes for everybody else. Like I am a walking example, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's what we have to solve first. So that would be a, um, 
that would solve somewhat of the problem with the friends and family. So I don't think any organization is doing that specifically. Like say, hey, you know what? Like while you're trying to figure it out, yes, you may have your company um, up and running. You may have an LLC, but then, you know, it's going to take you a while to get up off the ground. So let's make sure your personal brand is up to par first. So that way you can go get gigs. You can go do trainings. You can go do X, Y, and Z and things that are, you know, um, minuscule, like one or two day things where we can put bread in your pocket. And now as you're feeding your company, your company grows, so do you. So does that, is that um, um, clear? Does that, what I was about to say, is that make, does that make sense or? That definitely makes sense. Okay. And if it didn't make sense, I wouldn't tell you it makes sense on camera. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to make black people look good, man. All right, good, good, good. Some people be like, "What is he talking about?" No, no, I, I fully understand what you're talking about, man. And I'm sure the people are are watching that are experienced that situation themselves. They know exactly where you're coming from, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I first knew or heard of you or saw you when you, at, at startup we giving a presentation on pitching. And so I'm guessing that you know public speaking is a big part of your brand, a big part of what, what, who you are. Have you always been an effective public speaker? No. Hell no. Really? That is a hell no. Um, I avoided any type of interaction with people up until two years ago. Hmm. Like, if I didn't have to talk, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, I, I get this, like, thing where people think I'm such a... Um, extroverted person and I laugh at them and it's just like people don't really know me it's like no I'm very introverted I really don't want to be bothered like and um you know but I love so I have a say so I love I love individuals but I hate people so individuals <laughs> um and I, I get the same reaction when, when I say that so um individuals are easier to talk to you can um, level with them on a more human level. Um, sometimes people can be sheep. You know, like they just follow what's going on and, oh, okay, I'm just going to follow the wave, you know, and not critically think, yeah. you know. So, um, but yeah, I'm a super introvert. And so, you know, public speaking was something that I had to really just get out of my head you know the, the, you know so funny um december of 2017 uh, i said to myself you know and you know i was at the time uh didn't have looking for a gig and i was like you know what i'm not gonna get nowhere um i gotta start getting out there and meeting people you know because it's it's, it's kind of sad when you when you fill out a job application and like you got, you really have to put like your your friends and the two people that you know, um, you know, on your references, um, the reference section. And so I'm like, I don't know anybody. So, um, you know, I decided to um, go out there and just you know check it out. The first event that I went to was um, a public speaking event. <laughs> out of all things, it was how to become a, a TEDx speaker. 
Okay. Don't ask me how I decided on that. Um, Let me tell you something about becoming a TEDx speaker. I don't know what this person told you, but from what I understand, to become a TEDx speaker, you have to have an interesting idea. That's where it starts from. If you don't have an idea that hasn't been talked about before at a TEDx event, you're, you're, you're cooked. It, wouldn't be, it doesn't even matter if you're a good public speaker or not. When it comes to TEDx, you have to have an interesting idea that hasn't been covered by some other TEDx speaker. Is that what the person told you? No, well, no. It was just a regular, just how to become a TEDx speaker. Like, that's what, what was on the um, Eventbrite headline, on the, on the title. Okay. So um, I thought it was interesting. I said, oh, I mean, let me check it out. I didn't go there. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't go there from that. That wasn't my end goal. Oh, I'm going to become a TEDx speaker. That was not my goal. My goal was to meet people. Okay. You know, I figured that um, if the important people that want to become a TEDx speaker, um, they would want to go to something like that, you know, to be with other important people that want to speak about whatever it is that they're passionate about. Right. So that's how I looked at it. Um, yeah. And so um, I did that. Um, the event was kind of interesting. Um, I, I'll keep it positive. Um, okay. But um, the only positive thing that um, came out of it is um, I met my business partner there. That, that's the only positive thing that came out of that. Um, but other than that, um, I didn't go there to become a TEDx speaker. But um, the funny thing is about that specific um, meetup, um, they gave you, was it three? Was it three minutes or five minutes? Someone said it was five minutes. So they gave you five minutes to speak about anything. And so <laughs> ironically, I, I, uh, I got there pretty early i was like probably the that was the first person there as a matter of fact and um they were like hey do you want to um we're picking five people to um to, to take five minutes so the first five people that showed up i didn't know this at the time would get five minutes and then everybody else would get like two minutes to say who they are and where they're from or whatever so Okay. Um, I said, oh, I'll, I'll do the five minutes. Mind you, I had no speech prepared. I had nothing um, ready, nothing. I just came to meet people. I didn't come to actually speak, but um, off the whim, I said, huh, whatever, whatever, I got to lose. This is what I came here for, so whatever. So um, I end up speaking. I, I freestyled the whole time. I didn't, I winged it completely. I, I literally did not know until I got up there, what I was going to say. And um, I ended up talking about um, giving um, people opportunities um, that don't look like them. Something along those lines. And so I, I remember actually bringing a, a, a young uh, black kid up, and I think he was still in high school. Um, and I, I kind of used him as a prop and say, hey, like, you know, what if I, you know, give him a chance or something like that? If I made it, or, it was something along the sort. But um, because I freestyled the whole speech. But anyway, the person who was running it stopped me and was like, 
at the end of it, he was like, have you spoke before? And I was like, no. That was, that was freestyle. And he was like, wow. Like, I, I really thought like you were, you had that prepared. Like you're a good speaker. And I, I kind of laughed and I was like, I thought I did horrible, but I, 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 I guess he thought I did good. So, um, yeah. And it was just doing things like that repeatedly and going to different um, places that helped me become a better public speaker. What really helped me was I actually started my own workshops, which really helped me because I had no choice but to be up in the front. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? And as you're up in front of people, then um, everything else just goes away, especially when you're talking about something you're real passionate about. Like everything just kind of goes out the window. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of what you just said about talking about something you're passionate about. I remember back when I was in high school, we used to have to do debates in English class. So there'd be one side be pro the, the, you know, the resolution and the other side would be con. And mm-hmm. I always found it was really difficult to be on the side that I didn't agree with. It was very difficult for me to talk convincingly about something that I, I didn't agree with. So I'm a big fan of people talking about things that they're passionate about. It's, it's, it's so important, and it, and it comes across. Maybe that's why the, the organizer of the event said that he thought you were a speaker, because he spoke so, I know his words used really, he used a lot, but he spoke authentically. So the people probably in the audience felt that you were passionate about what you were talking about. So that, that's, that's, that's my two cents. Yeah, I mean, I just went to my gut feeling and what my pain points were, you know? And I just went with that, pretty much. And um yeah, people loved it. People were like, oh, you, you should speak more, blah, blah. And I kind of was just like, ah, whatever. Like, <laughs> but I'm not, I don't, I, how do I say this? I'm not easily influenced by people. So I can just kind of, eh, whatever, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I, I took that and kind of ran with it. And ever since then, it's been a gradual thing with public speaking. So um, it's something that I had to kind of get used to. And so, um, you know, what I do now, you know, because I'm always nervous if I'm going to go speak in front of people like that. I'm always nervous. So what I kind of do is, like, I may tell jokes or I may, um, you know, talk to people in the audience or I may even let the audience kind of um, run with with the conversation a little bit, you know, just to kind of take the focus off me so I can regain my posture and then I can come in and regain the room. So um, it's important that, um, especially in public speaking, like when you're doing presentations, that you have involvement um, with the people that have come to see you. I think that's important. It's almost, I watch a lot of comedy, so I, I, I take that aspect of it where like a comedian engages with the audience to make them feel a part of it. So it's that same um model because I feel like a lot of public speakers um they don't involve their audience so if the audience feels part of the solution then at the end of it they may say hey you know what like I really enjoyed that like um being part of the conversation so I feel in that way I bring something different you're absolutely right when you say if you involve the audience in the actual presentation, they're, I mean, frankly, they'll be more likely to pay attention. 
you know, <laughs> because because yeah. they're, they're 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 a part of it. So yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that too. I actually mentioned that in my course, teach the geek to speak. It seems like we are on the we're we 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 agree on quite a number of things when it comes to public speaking. Yeah, and I I didn't read a book. Um, I'm be honest with you, I didn't read a book. I didn't take a YouTube course. This is just something that I observed throughout my um, year and a half, two years of going to events, um, watching people speak, uh, watching people, how they engage um, the audience. And what really, um, there was one um, uh, speaking gig that really like took me over the edge. So it was one, um, I'm not going to say the actual <laughs> um, conference, but um it was one where like they had a guy from a uh, university speak about something. I don't yeah, even you remember. Ain't say, you ain't gotta say nothing else. All you had to say was spoke, uh, came from a university. Let me tell you something about the university. <laughs> so, you know, I used to go to, a, when I used to work as an engineer, I used to go to a whole bunch of conferences and a lot of them were more academic based. So there was a whole lot of, of people just like that, people from the universities, professors, grad students, and postdocs. And man, if you were having trouble sleeping, you need to go to one of them damn conferences. Because <laughs> they would just, this is what they would do. So they'd get up and they would read their slides verbatim. Like, no, they wouldn't miss a word. So you, you, know, they know, you know they're literate. You know they could read, because they're reading yeah. slides. And it's just, it's just, it's not engaging. <laughs> they look at their screen. Or they're looking at the looking at the power you know look at the PowerPoint slides, or they're looking at the their computer screen. So you don't even really know what their face looks like. And so, why are you going to pay attention? You're going to fall asleep, like I did on numerous occasions. But check this out, though. Like you can read the slides verbatim, right? But you can like I could do a session where I can literally read the slides verbatim, but still be charismatic to your audience, like. I mean, they was just like, just standing there and just like, yeah, so um, the thing is going to the left. And it's like, bro, like you got to be engaging. And so um, that really told me, you know what? If I was to do public speaking, that's not the way I'm going to do it. Like, um, you know, you got to have some kind of presence when you're, when you're up there in front of people or else people are just going to um, just all day. So. Yep, that was me. Not to the side though. My my head would go back. It was like, <laughs> luckily I didn't snore. <laughs> um, I actually went to a session, um, not this past year, but last year at uh, Startup Week, where um, the the woman was um, she she came from academia, and Oy. with people that are in academia, yeah. um, the problem with them is that they use a lot of metrics. So in using a lot of metrics, like they end up boring the hell out of people because it's just, yeah. So we did a study and it said that, um, you know, 65% of people, you know, are, are, are just not inclined in, in, in the tech industry or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, you can come up with a more creative way to um, bring those metrics to your audience but they've been entrenched in academia for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years that, you know, that's what they know. So, well, well um, let me tell you like, again about academia. So, you know, a lot of these people are professors, postdocs, grad students, they're not measured based on their prowess 
in public speaking. They're, they're measured based on the number of publications they've put out and the prestige of the publication that they put out. So or all the research. Right. So that, that's, that's the metric that they're, that they're measured by. So public speaking is basically a, an afterthought. It's just something you have to do to get to that end goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, I've seen very painful presentations, and I'm just like, wow. They expect people, especially when, when you have folks from academia, like, try to um, move over to the startup space because the culturally, it's different. You know, right. you go from an environment where you're giving a presentation suit and tie to kids who have flip-flops and, and you know, <laughs> colorful shorts. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you know you're speaking to that type of audience, then that means the way your, um, your delivery needs to change in order to engage people. So, um the number one rule of public speaking is to know your audience, man. You can't yeah. present the same way to every audience that, that, that you're in front of, for sure. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I, I take, you know, my, my beliefs about, um, you know, being proud of being black. You know, there are certain audiences where um, <laughs> I, can, I, I can be extreme. Yeah. And there are audiences where I got to be like, all right, I got to pull it back a little Go bit. Back, bro. <laughs> No, so that's why, and, and, and that's why I, I named it We the Plug and, and the symbolism and everything because, yeah, you know, obviously we're not going to say no to everybody. Like, you know, so everyone is, is, you know, included in what we're trying to do. However, but when you, when, you look, when you look at, you know, if you go to the meetings and, and you see what, we, what we're trying to do, it's pretty clear you know, our target audience. So we don't have to, you know, go into the whole hotel mode and, and, and just, you know, be crazy about it. You know right. what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. So that's, um, yeah. You know, this has been a, a fruitful, a very interesting conversation. Thanks again, Luis, for, for taking time today on, on July 4th. Is there anything else that you'd like the audience to know about what you're working on? Um, yeah. So um, I'm, working on a lot of things. Um, that's a fully loaded question. Um, just continuing to connecting with um, people and we're going to have a very um, interesting event coming in August. I can't really talk about it, but um, we're gonna well, have- You just mentioned that you have something that you're working on, but you're not gonna tell us anything about it. Thank you. No, just, that's, you know, I, I just- <laughs> like, I got some stuff, but I ain't gonna tell you nothing. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's, it's not official, official. So, yeah, right. um, you know, once everything is official, official, then I can um, bring it out. Um, the only thing I could say is that it's going to um, involve a startup fair and it's going to involve um, more of a back to school kind of um, uh, feeling, but it's going to be catered towards the community. And so um, we're working on getting some big folks to um, sponsor what we're doing and um, collaborating with other organizations and um, just bringing the startup um, community to the doorstep of the black and brown community. So, um, yeah. So we, like I said, we, we're, we're in a business of doing things differently, uh, not normal in the startup space. So um, 
some startup organizations, they do things differently. You know, I know a specific organization and they're mostly, um, you know, a di they're, they're, they're champion for diversity and inclusion and in companies, but all their events are in suit and ties. And that's not realistic of the culture that we are in, in the startup space. So, um, I mean, that's only reserved for like awards or, you know, special occasion. But, um, you know, I kind of want to bring that looseness to um, this community. So, and obviously have information and um, workshops on, you know, if you want to be part of it, either through the skills that you already have or the skills that you want to obtain. So um, folks don't realize that the skills that they already have can be useful, you know, in this space, you know, uh, take a, um, you know, someone that I know, um, is, let's take HR, right? Someone in HR may say, well, how can I fit in this ecosystem? Well, if we develop a company, you know, we, we got to follow the same rules as everyone else. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <clears throat> there is a place for you. You know, you just have to figure out, you know, your skills, where it fits in. And if not, you can go and develop new skills so you can be part of the ecosystem. Because truth be told, man, um, having skills wins. It's skills over natural talent, always. So, No doubt. So how can people get in touch with you? Well, they can um, get in touch with me. They can look me up on LinkedIn, um, Luis Martinez, MSOL. Um, they can look me up on um, Instagram, which is Lucito, the underscore entrepreneur, um, and um, Lucito Brooklyn on Twitter. So they can hit me up and um, go from there. So Wonderful. Thanks again for being on the channel, Luis. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you as well. appreciate uh, you having me on um, your podcast, and um, best of luck to you and everything that you're doing. Every, thanks again. Again, everyone, my name is Neil Thompson. This is Teach the Geek. I am the founder of Teach the Geek. It's a platform for, on, for STEM professionals. The first offering is a public speaking course called Teach the Geek to Speak. To learn more about it, you can go to teachthegeek.com. Again, that's teachthegeek.com. Thanks again. Have a great day. Happy Fourth.